conscious couples, business partners, and singles committed to attracting their dream partner, welcome to the Conscious Couples Podcast, where we share our life, love story, and combined relationship expertise to help you create and consistently cultivate the most magnificent, intimate relationship possible. Never again will you feel hopeless and alone in your intimate relationship challenges. Having accumulated thousands of hours coaching conscious couples and individuals all over the world, as well as starting and growing a global business together, Alan and I are here to guide you and all things relationships. Thank you again for tuning into the one place where it's not about you or me. It's about the the we. we. Conscious couples and individuals, welcome back to the one and only Conscious Couples Podcast. Thank you again for coming on this journey with us. Today we have an episode for you, episode number 88. Is status stopping you from having an authentic relationship? This is going to be a potentially triggering one for anyone who has been in relationships in the past with someone who is status-driven. So fair warning, as always with Conscious Couples Podcast, we dig deep about potential unpleasant truths so that you can transform yourself and your relationship. Before we jump into this episode, we want to give a huge shout out and thank you to Next Level Podcast Solutions for producing this show and 53 others. Thank you for all the good that you are doing in the world to help podcasters help people. Mm. As always, my love, ladies first, what is your intention for today's episode? I intend on having this episode help our listeners determine if their drive for status is in fact preventing them or their partners from actually cultivating and having that authentic relationship that they so deeply seek. Okay, so the origin story of this episode is actually coming from my upbringing. As a kid, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, I was very observant looking around and I was very scared of marriage, quite frankly. And the reason why is because most of the marriages that I saw looked pretty terrible to me. I'm playful with that, but it is something that's true. There are two couples that I can think of that had magnificent marriages in hindsight, reflecting back. Shout out to Sharon and Giff, and shout out to Louise and George. And the reason I'm saying that is because of my entire childhood, there really were only two marriages that I looked at them, and I went, wow, I would definitely love that. And Sharon and Giff, I didn't actually meet until my late 20s. So I didn't grow up around a lot of fulfilling relationships. One of the reasons we started this show is because we know that a lot of relationships look really fulfilled, look passionately in love, appear to be great on Instagram or on Facebook, but deep down in the depths of their household, for -hmm. lack of better phrasing, they're not necessarily fulfilled. And so Emilia and I, when we first met, we aspired to, I want our relationship to be even better than it looks on Instagram, because I have been in a relationship before that looked really good on Instagram that quite frankly, behind the scenes was not good. Mm -hmm. And I just never wanted that again. Mm -hmm. So I have this one couple that I observed growing up that was very, very status-driven. And in hindsight, I've since reflected on this a lot. I'll keep it anonymous, but they always had really beautiful cars. Uh, They always looked very successful. They always took photos on vacation together and things like that. But I always knew, kind of, the closer and closer behind the scenes that I got that they weren't that in love. It was one of those relationships where it wasn't bad, but it definitely wasn't great. And... 
I think that they probably stayed together because it made things easier and because they didn't want to break up and most likely because they wanted to hang on to the status of what comes with having a quote-unquote great marriage versus actually having a deeply fulfilling marriage where there's passion, there's love, there's sex, there's there's more than just being roommates. Mm-hmm. And this couple, now that I'm 35 years old, I now understand relationships. I've coached a lot of relationships. I've coached a lot of people. I've done over 4,500 hours with individuals all over the world, coaching them deeply. Now I know it's obvious, okay, they're not fulfilled. They're not. They're more like roommates. They sleep next to each other, but they definitely don't sleep together, that kind of thing. Now, I'm going to keep that all anonymous, but the truth of the matter is, is that both of them would probably have a magnificent relationship if they actually just owned the fact that, listen, we're not in love anymore. Listen, I'm not happy. Listen, we're putting on a show. Listen, let's stop putting on a show. Like, why are we at these family events or at these out, outer gatherings or weddings or whatever that we go to? Why do we, why do we treat each other better in public than we do in private? Yeah, we're friends. Yeah, we care about each other. Yeah, we're companions, but we're not in love anymore. And maybe that weaned years and years ago. And if we actually faced that unpleasant truth, maybe we could work on it. And 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 maybe we would have a trial separation or maybe we would go our separate ways or maybe we would go to couples counseling. But you're never going to solve a problem that you don't first admit is there. But again, it's easier to stay in your comfort zone, to stay on the surface, and to keep pretending things are great when in reality, they're just not. And so if you've ever been in that circumstance, and the last thing I'll share before I kick it to Emilia is, I was in a relationship once where it looked way better on Instagram than it was in person. And I fell in love with a narrative Mm. instead of the reality of how well we treat each other behind the scenes. And this person treated me way better in public than she ever did in private. And so I know a lot of our listeners, it's unfortunate, but either you or your partner, most likely your partner, if you're listening to this show, might be someone who is more focused on looking successful than actually being a great partner. And if that's the case, run for the hills. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) If that's the case, let's actually face that unpleasant truth and see what to do about it. Well, here's another thing, and I can definitely connect with you over that because in that relationship, it's very clear to me, based on what you've shared, that you were actually the status symbol for your past partner. So you were the shiny object that she could parade around in front of people and then behind the scenes not actually treat you with that same level of love. Well, I was a fitness model. Of course. And a fitness competitor and a fitness coach, and I was Mm -hmm. very shiny on the outside. Yeah, and I've been there too. And I have been the shiny object for past relationships. And in hindsight, that's very, very clear. And I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you probably on some extent have also become, by default of whatever circumstance, the shiny object for your relationship to be kind of paraded around with. So you might have experienced your partner treating you better when they're in front of other people than they do when you're at home, when things get tough, when things get tight. And if so, number one, you're not alone. But number two, I think that there's some really deep reflections that are important to take from that. Because if you're only noticing the change when it comes around other people, that means that this partner that you have is more concerned about what other people think than what you think. 
And that's a big area of concern from my perspective. Definitely. Imagine you're headed to a wedding and a lot of your mutual friends are there. And all of a sudden you notice that your partner is pulling out the chair for you Mm. and they're getting you (laughs) drinks and they're pouring your water and they're opening the door for you. Yeah, little acts. They're much more chivalrous and they're, they're much more attentive and thoughtful and considerate but but there's a pit in your stomach because (laughs) you know that this is the person that you've always really wanted to be with and maybe the person that you got at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the honeymoon phase Mm -hmm. but when you're at home none of that shit's happening anymore and maybe there's a component of you that's like oh that's so sweet like and really wanted to appreciate that moment of the one time because it's maybe been 10 years since they've done that and like the other part of you that you're seeing other friends be like, oh, he or she's so sweet. That's so sweet. And you want to kind of like glean some of that status. The ego like loves that. It's like, yeah, that's my partner. But but then you forget about all the times that that was never there. And more importantly, when you're when you're in that moment, you realize the unpleasant truth that they are treating you better in public than they do in private. And that mm-hmm. the real reason they're doing it underneath it all is because they're trying to look like a great partner more than they're trying to actually be a great partner. Yeah. And that, by the way, is super common. This is not a you issue. If you're out there listening, this is not a you issue. Emilia's been through this for sure. Yeah. I've been through this for sure. And fortunately, we don't do that with each other. Emilia wants to be a great partner more than she wants to look like a great partner. So much more. Mm-hmm. I, I told this to the Next Level University team on a team huddle once. I said... Listen, the whole world can think I'm great. I appreciate it if they do. That's wonderful. But if Emilia, who lives with me, truly on her own accord, thinks that I'm great, that's what matters. Mm -hmm. Because she sees the closest to the truth. She sees me on my best days and my worst days. We live together. And if she doesn't think that I'm a magnificent human being then that means I have some serious work to do because I know some people, I had a mentor in the past who took better care of his car than his own wife. Mm-hmm. And he's no longer people. a mentor yeah. because of that. Because when you get closer and closer and closer to the truth, the shiny stuff on the outside, you start to realize, oh, you are like way less than I thought you were yeah. because you're putting on a show and I used to get hoodwinked all the time. So don't mm-hmm. get hoodwinked and ask yourself, you're in one of three positions. You're in position one, which means you're single and you're looking for a person, be careful of the shiny object people who oh, yeah. are who look like a polished Mazda, uh, or p- polished Ferrari, rather. But underneath it, they're just a Mazda. I want to tell a quick story. So okay. I know someone who actually is really good at getting duped by these people in scenario number one. And I have her in mind because, unfortunately, it ends up what the compound effect of that getting in a relationship because you initially were hoodwinked and duped by that shiny object syndrome ends up with a lot of low self-worth that person ends up with a lot of self-worth issues and ultimately ends up constantly feeling like they're the problem and gaslighting themselves and end up with so much low self-worth that they actually struggle to ever have a good relationship what's going on this is brandon and hannah we wanted to give a shout out to alan and amelia and their relationship talks and going into relationship talks, I was under the impression that, you know, my relationship didn't have any conflict or didn't have any problems. 
you know, it actually was that way, but I knew I wanted a relationship that resembled Alan and Amelia, and that's a relationship that is just next level and different from other relationships. So seeking out their help has really brought me and Hannah together, and it's just been really, really incredible, and I can't thank them enough. Yeah, um, Alan and Amelia have both helped us in recognizing and acknowledging each other's um, really important core values and given us insight and guidance on how to align those together so that we know we're growing together and never apart. Um, the goal is always to kind of be in everything together as a team. Alan and Amelia, we love you and thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you. And then they keep tolerating these types of people because they feel unlovable and worthless. So they and cling so on to a, any love, any, love any shred of love they can get. Even if that love is conditional and or conditional to being in public or a status symbol. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen this time and time again. So scenario one is you're single. Be careful of shiny objects. Mm-hmm. You know, just because it shines doesn't mean it's gold. Mm-hmm. Okay. Look for the people that on their own accord want to be better people. And there are tells. There are tells. If your gut is telling you this is... I remember my gut was telling me, like, Alan, there's something wrong here. Alan, there's something wrong. Like, you need to leave. You need to get out of this. You know? Remember those those feelings? Yeah. But you're so scared that maybe you're wrong. Okay? Yeah. So number one is you're alone, careful of shiny objects. Number two, you're in a relationship where it's not shiny objects. You both actually want to be better partners for your own betterment for your own growth for your own relationship you treat each other better behind the scenes than you do in public Mm -hmm. or just as good that's scenario two i do think that's the rarest sharon and gif louise and george keep them you know first names only very clearly the case and i knew those two and i got to know them i actually went to arizona to one of their places sharon and gif and then i also i grew up with george and louise they were uh the parents of a close friend of mine Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know intuitively, you know. Third scenario, most common scenario, is that one partner has low self worth and feels unlovable deep down, and they are most likely pretty attractive, and they get with another partner who feels not good enough and who needs cars and clothes and homes and beautiful girlfriend or beautiful boyfriend in order to feel good about themselves, mm-hmm. to feel good enough. And so scenario one is you're single, be careful, find someone who's as bright on the inside as they are on the outside. (laughs) Scenario two is you are already crushing it, keep it up, keep growing, keep thriving, it's awesome. And both partners are growth oriented. Scenario three is one partner's growth oriented, most likely you if you're listening to this, (laughs) and the other partner is status driven. Remember, growth oriented people care more about their growth and being the best version of themselves than they do about looking good. Yeah. So they want to be good more than they want to look good. Status-driven people would much rather look good than actually be good. Huge. And it's very, very important to understand because the syntax of that is a whole different life. Definitely. Um, I want to bring in what I wrote down here, babe. When it comes to values, because status-driven people, what we've observed in the behavior and what has emerged from the research is that the values are placed in the behavior. So for for example, if you're listening to this episode and you're kind of like, oh shoot, 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 shoot. How do we go? Where do we go from here? I, I really want to highlight 
where is the status being located in your relationship? Is it that your partner, or maybe it's you, if it is you, shout out for the humility to really look into this stuff. But for example, is your partner, are they valuing time with others over time together with you? That's one orange flag. Mm -hmm. Are they valuing the looking in love versus doing the work to be in love? Because that's where the performance starts. The time with others versus time together is where the practicing of excuses comes in. And then the value around talking about your relationship to others as like a status symbol or whatever topic of conversation, that's valued more than going deeper with your partner. What the result of that is, and you both end up pretending it's actually better than it is. And those three results of those values, those three tells whether or not you're in a status-driven relationship or there's elements of that in your relationship and you want to kind of nip it in the bud, see where there's excuses being practiced to spend time with others instead of time together. See where there's performance and when you might feel like you're performing in a role that your partner has glorified you to be in. And then see where you're pretending. Where is there a narrative that's being built up by your partner that you have you feel as though you're kind of like bidding into that wedding chair pullout, for example, where you're like, oh yeah, let's play and practice this narrative pretending that we're better off than we actually really are. Those are some three tells for our listeners to kind of peel the curtain back and be honest with themselves. And I think that the, those three P's, practice, performance, and pretending are really important to know if you do have status and status-driven tendencies in your relationship where you can kind of start to see, okay, the values are being placed on these behaviors instead of spending time together, being in love and doing that work and going deeper with me in the areas that are challenging. Practice performance pretending. Yep. Give me one example of each real quick. So practicing excuses is, for example, if you have a weekend where you and your partner had, let's say, two weeks ago decided that you guys wanted to spend time together, right? We were going to go to the movies, whatever. And then all of a sudden the friends come along and one of the partners ends up getting an invite to go out with their friends to a barbecue. The practicing the excuses is adding up all of the excuses as to why you should go out with a friends with your partner or them going alone, then actually spending time together, going to that movie that you two agreed to two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. That's practicing excuses, performing the role. And this is why that wedding example is a really dangerous game because when you are in a social setting, whether it be on social media or in real life where you are, or your partner is trying to look more in love than actually being in love, you both slip into a performance. Mm -hmm. So you're performing the role of these chivalrous partners and someone who loves receiving that. And that ends up into a spiral of when you get in the car on your drive home, how quickly are you shifting into a different role, wow. a different performance? Which by the way, inauthentic. Yes. That's exactly. inauthentic when you're in public. Mm -hmm. Yep. You can feel the pendulum swing. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes maybe it happens right when you get into the parking lot before you even get into the car. Mm -hmm. And one example around when your partner or there's a partnership that's valuing talking about your relationship to others versus 
actually going deeper with you and your partner, this is when you're pretending that it is better than it is. So with, with everyone and the narratives that build, listen to what your partner is saying about your relationship and then see what the delta is between their behavior towards that narrative and just what they're saying. And just to make this even simpler real quick, thank you, sweetheart. Strong work. Think about what your partner is saying about your relationship versus and how big the delta is between the, the, what they really think of it behind the scenes, like behind the scenes, like if they feel like it's not that great, it's not as good as it used to be. It's it's not it's not what I wanted. It's whatever. But then to their friends, they're talking about how awesome it was. Think about the delta between what is said and what they actually believe. Mm-hmm. The delta between what is said and what uh, what they actually believe. And that delta is really key. Okay, so practice Perform. performance and pretend. Mm-hmm. So is practicing excuses, performing in public, and then pretending that things are better than they really are, which is a narrative that you're slipping into. Okay. So those are all the signs that you are in an inauthentic relationship. And I got triggered during this because I definitely fell victim to those in the past. In the past. Thank goodness. At the end of the day, decide if you're listening to this or watching this, decide right now that you want your real life to be better than your fake one. (laughs) All of us live in this reputation world. Everyone, I mean, every one of you thinks something of our relationship. You know what really matters? What it really is like. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? I can be, you're never going to be fulfilled living a fake, inauthentic relationship. You can't. It's impossible. So decide to prioritize your real life over your Instagram life. Thank you, sweetheart. I appreciate that. So she's just, she was just uh, turning off the timer there. Okay. We got to jump. So. Before we go, we do have relationship talks coaching. If you are sick and tired of living in an inauthentic relationship and you want to get back to the truth, back to the basics of what really is, let that old phoenix burn down and rise from those ashes. That is what we do. So if you feel like you're in pain, you feel like you're struggling, you and your partner are stuck, please reach out. We are here to help. I would rather you admit that you're struggling than keep living a narrative that isn't real and that isn't true. The first step to making progress towards your new life is admitting that the old one needs to improve. So powerful there. Also in the show notes where we have our monthly live free virtual event called relationship talks events. And this one is going to be digging into creating deeper emotional connection in your relationship. So it's the 19th of October, every third Thursday of the month at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we would adore having you there. You do not have to have your mic on, your camera on. It's amazing when you can get around other people that are trying to improve the relationship, what is possible there for you. We've had people unlock different parts of their soul, share their own unique experiences. And what you can do is honestly, after that, literally start a whole new runway with your relationship. And so we would love for you to join us. Click the link in the notes to register. And hopefully we'll see you there. As always, thank you so much. We appreciate you for coming on this journey with us. That is episode number 88. Is status stopping you from having an authentic relationship? Yes, it is. Facts. Yes, it is. <laughs> if, if you're prioritizing social media over your real life, you are in some serious trouble. That's okay. You're not the first to do it. You're not yeah. the last to do it. But get out of that as soon as possible. We appreciate you for listening. As always, it's not about you or me. It's about the, the we. we. We'll talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Conscious Couples Podcast. We love connecting with the Conscious Couples community, so please make sure you follow us on Instagram. I am at Evolve with Amelia, and Alan is A Lazarus 88. 
Also, if you or your partner resonated with this episode, leave us a review at the link in the show notes and please share this with someone you love and care about. Until next time, remember, it's not about you or me. It's about the week.